disorder. It's me, um, Levi Lupu. I'm very excited to. Um, I'm very excited about the episode today, actually, because uh, the person I um, I had Greg over, you know, uh, a comedian uh, friend, and um, you know that was actually the first episode I used using the equipment which I've basically settled on. So. It's going to be interesting. I think about 35 minutes into the uh, actual conversation, um, we had some technical difficulties and difficulties, and we had to just, you know, start up. So you're gonna, you're gonna hear a, a, wi- a, a weird, you know, uh, I mean, actually, you're not gonna hear anything because uh, it wasn't working well, and then you're gonna hear everything as if nothing happened. Um, I mean, actually, that's not true because I didn't uh, do the transition too well. Anyways, anyways, let's not, uh, yeah, let's not worry about that. You know, all I gotta say is it's it's a it's gonna be a good episode. You know, we talked about a lot of stuff. We um, we just had a yeah a nice time. You know, and he he was um, he was the first guest in what now is my old place. That I've actually uh, no sorry, Liam was the first one in person but yes greg was the first one to have come over and record with my equipment that i am using from now on maybe you didn't need to know that you know i think um, yeah you might have not needed to know this uh but i sure i thought i'd share it with you anyway um now on more important things or not more important, but just other things. I I had a really weird week, you know. I started the year feeling very good, um, excited about the future, but then I um, I just felt very sad for a couple of days. I couldn't uh, I couldn't shake it off, you know. I could I didn't want to get out of bed. I I managed to do it. I used the uh, opposite uh, action. Um, a lot this week, you know, even though my um, pleas wasn't as good, I've um, overeaten a bit, you know, I didn't sleep too well, actually I didn't sleep at all the other night, but that's another uh, thing, but um, yeah, opposite action was something that I used a lot, um, rather than just wanting to stay at home, rather than allowing myself to stay at home and just be, you know, on my own, with my own thoughts, I actually force myself to get out and um, it's kind of worked out I think I um, yeah I actually did you know I had some pleasant conversations with the people that I've seen or met um, because I left the house so that's that's good I also went to my day job so you know I I get paid which is beautiful um, I love that but um, yeah I um, I realized I was, I was chatting with a friend of mine the other day and um I figured out that the the reason why I felt the way I did is because the reason why I felt so sad is I I, I miss my parents, you know, and I um, I wish they were here, you know, things are um, going I want to say right, you know, I don't want to jinx it now, but the things are are going, you know, are the things the things for me are are good. I can't complain. I'm I'm in I'm in a in a in a in a safe space. I'm in a good space. And I just wish they were here, you know. I wish I could, they could see me now. I wish I could celebrate, you know, all these uh, things that happened to me recently with with them. And I can't. And 
Um, it's unfair and it sucks, but uh, what can I do? You know, <laughs> it's uh, I just you know I just try I just try to um, keep uh, keep their name you know um, remembered, and I try to to remember them as much as I can, and to you know um, think of them as much as I can in in a good way, I guess, or in a in a in a in a positive way, not not necessarily good or bad, but just in a in a positive way. You know, I um, I try that, and uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I um, I had some very disturbing thoughts, and um, that was a bit you know hard to not hard, but it was just just um, weird to I guess tell people, even though. Um, my partner, she's very, uh, she's very supportive, and she knew. And I, I told her um, as soon as the the thoughts came into my head that you know I'm not, I'm not well. I don't think I, I belong here as in in the world. And um, yeah, she was just wonderful, and she listened, and you know, um, it was fine. I I just needed uh, to sleep for a bit, and uh, then I went to bed, and I. Uh, I couldn't actually sleep. I think I slept like two hours, and uh, it was quite weird because from forcing myself to sleep, I ended up to get annoyed about the fact that I can't sleep, so I forced myself to stay up. Yeah, very counterintuitive, but uh, in the end of the day, I ended up falling asleep. I um, had an, a good sleep, you know, uh, but the other night, so I think on, on Thursday night, I didn't sleep at all which was uh, wild, but it's okay, you know, we we move. I don't think, uh, I, I had to remind myself recently that sometimes you can't really, I mean really, you just can't plan when your body shuts down on you or like when, you know, you, when you feel unwell, you, you can't, uh, in my head was all this thing of, oh, you know, I'm just gonna keep going for a couple of weeks and then I'm off, I'm going to, to see my family in a couple of weeks in Romania and I thought, oh, maybe I'll just be sick when I'm there. But at least, you know what, I, I'm off. You know, I, I have the time to be sick. doesn't work like that. And, um, yeah, I just found out now. And I think that was, again, that was, like, the, the biggest, biggest and a very big chunk of, like, the beginning of 2024 was dealing with my head, essentially. Um, I am starting again again from this weekend. Moving on, and I'm very excited about it. You know, I, I've I've wrote uh, a few a few new bits. Um, you might not hear them, to be fair, because I don't know how good they are. But I I did write, you know, and I, I'm I'm making myself write more, and uh, just to stay sharp. You know, I don't think it's gonna be any good, but yeah, just gotta just gotta keep uh, just gotta keep uh, make make a habit. You know, make a good habit. And uh, yeah, I think now I'm just gonna gonna let you enjoy the interview with uh, or the interview, the conversation. I thought it was an interview, but it's it's more of a conversation. You know, it's a two-way street. We're just having a good time. But um, yeah, I'm gonna let you enjoy my conversation with Greg Houston. He's a uh, brilliant comedian uh, from Canada, and um, he's been doing well around the UK. He's doing a few gigs in uh, in Europe as well, and we talked about that. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it was just a very pleasant conversation. So um, 
thanks folks and enjoy the conversation with okay should we pick that up uh i think so so uh yeah i got greg houston here with me Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's great. How's it going with you, Levin? Yeah, I'm all right. How's your journey? Uh, it was fine. Just started. Oh, just started to rain right when I came up to the door. Oh. Which just means get out of outside and get inside. And come to this podcast. That's what the world's telling me. Nice. Yeah, that that's probably a sign. Um, are you getting it tonight? I'm not getting it tonight. Oh, nice. Taking a break. How was the weekend? Did you? No gigs. I mean, Friday I had two gigs, but um, no gig yesterday. Uh, so no gig tonight, but then back at it Monday, you know, Wednesday, and then all next week and stuff. What are you doing on Monday? Is your um, Maple Leaf? My new show that I've started, uh, and I should say Tyson Bradley mostly started, and I just, he got me to come in um, after he did all the groundwork and stuff. But yes, the show is called Maple Laughs. It's at the Maple Leaf Pub uh, at Kemmer Garden. Uh, it's every other Monday right now. Uh, in the new year, it might be every Monday, who knows, but it's a fun pro showcase show where we've got TV-level headliners, like touring professionals and stuff, and then uh, some good pro-ams opening, and then kind of newer comics doing some shorter spots in the middle and stuff, and yeah, it's good, fun Covent Garden Monday night. Where else Where else would you want to be? Yeah, I agree. No, I think that sounds uh, sounds cool, and uh, what have you been... Are you doing any... Um any uh, shows at the moment? Are you taking anything on, like, tours or...? Uh, yeah, coming up um, in the new year in June, late June, I'm going to Germany for a show. So I'm going to figure out exactly. I haven't d- booked it all yet, but probably either start or end in Amsterdam. Um, so either before the Germany show or after, I'll go to Amsterdam, do some gigs there, and then maybe... Vienna or Austria or maybe more of Germany. I've never been to Berlin and stuff, so I've heard it's great. I heard scene. so too. Yeah, I heard yeah. they have uh, they have some decent uh, like the comedy scene is really good. Yeah. Um, but you you've traveled a lot in already, right? With comedy. I mean, yeah, I've traveled. I mean, I moved from Canada to London, England, which is five thousand kilometers. It's a lot for. Some. But then you're also traveling around Europe, because I think you've done some gigs in, like, was it Luxembourg? Yeah, uh, I just did Luxembourg at the beginning of the month. Uh, I did it again. It was the second time I've done it. First time, uh, the owner slash producer slash host has had just opened up a comedy club in this past September. So he wanted me to come back and uh, do o- early October as soon as possible to go headline and stuff. And yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's mostly in Europe. It's been, like, Luxembourg or UK. I haven't gone around too too far. Besides right, right, some right, right. U.S. stuff and all over Canada. Okay. When did you come to uh, UK? Uh, October 2021. So just over two no years way. ago. No way. That's when I started doing comedy. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, October uh, 2021. Around, I think, 4th of October or something. Like, the first Tuesday or the second Tuesday of the month. Uh, nice. Yeah. How'd it go? Well, the first one. Yeah. Every you detail. know what? 
Actually, it, well, the Is first it one actually seared into your brain. <laughs> yes, because it wasn't too bad. Just because I, I feel like I had a bit of an unfair start because uh, I wrote my material in probably 2020. So okay. I, I had the five minutes which I have experienced, and I tried in front of my mirror and close friends for a year. Oh, okay. you know, and then <laughs> you wrote it, but then you also yeah. <laughs> you so then it's like hold it to yourself. You're like, oh, I gotta fucking tell everyone during lockdown. There was a lockdown. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. There was like, you know, there was there was a lockdown, and then when I went to actually do it in in person, I still have uh, the video of it. But when I when I did it, it was actually okay. Yeah. But also, I think it's because they announced me as oh this is the guy who's doing it for the first time so everyone was more yeah. supportive but I think it's maybe like I don't know I think it's like 10 gigs in that I started feeling the actual like what, what an open mic feels like or like how what it feels like to start doing comedy oh, because okay, yeah. I stopped having like my mates coming with me Mm. I went on having no audience besides of other comedians. And then I also went on trying new stuff. And then I was like, oh, okay, not that good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel that's why I, I always, because people go, oh, the first one. No, I think first one was actually okay for me. First one's usually easy. First one's usually pretty easy. It goes pretty well, especially if it's like a decent show. Because then, then people will be like, Hey, it's this person's first time. Like, show them so much love. Because, um, like, the crazy thing that uh, everyone always forgets is, like, almost every audience wants the show to go well. Like, almost every audience at a comedy show really wants it to go well. Like, there's very little audiences that, like, want it to go badly. I think it, it depends because I I seen it no. like with gong shows in London. Gong shows don't. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, gong, gong, yeah, gong, yeah, okay, no, okay, gong okay. shows are. That's like a cry for help if you're going to a gong show to watch a gong show. Like, <laughs> there's something there's something wrong with you because like you're wa- you you're signing up to watch car crashes and stuff and you also it's like gladiatorial. It's not no real shows which are not gong shows. Everyone at home listening, gong shows are not real comedy or shows. Do you? Um, have you ever watched Fear Factor? Yeah, you know, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's how I I remember watching Fear Factor as a kid, and uh, that's how it kind of feels like at the Gong Show. You're like you're just signing up yeah. for yeah, like the worst. Did I did I tell you about what happened at the the creek when I touched the sign and I got electrocuted? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good though. Yeah, I I I, I was doing the the. Um, the up the creek one and then I I touched the the, the sign. Nice nice very nice neon sign right behind the stage. I should have not touched it. Yeah. yeah. But I have touched it. And um it just like my mind my, my hand just like blew <coughs> like away. I froze. I couldn't say anything. I just looked at the crowd. Then the three lights went on, like the what? blackout. Yeah. That did they like light you or no 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 that, that's what I'm saying. The three lights went on, on and off. And the through all because I, I was just like standing, I was doing nothing there. Yeah. I could see cards going up, and I just walked out. <laughs> and I took my jacket, walked out in DLR, yeah, just, just the walked straight in straight the traffic. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna be sick. And then I got a notification from my watch saying that my heart rate has <laughs> been elevated and all that. And yeah, and I, I went yeah, your watch is like you just got electrocuted. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, and then and then the, the, the next day I went to. Um, I went to A&E because I was like, I'm not going on a Thursday evening. 
So I decided to go on Friday <laughs> daytime. <laughs> Why was that better? <laughs> oh, uh, you don't want to get the Thursday night crowd at day any, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, no, 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 no. I'll go on, on Friday. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the, 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 the doctor, she was like, she was very, very, uh, what's the word? Um, um, not impressed? No, she was very patronizing. Oh, yeah. Because she goes like, well, next time when you see something shiny, maybe don't touch it. And Oof. again, in one hand, I was like, well, you know what? Thank you for helping yeah. me. But in the other hand, I was like, that's not necessary. NHS service at your best. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not to, to, to say, because they, they are having it tough. But I was like, you know, I'm, I just didn't expect to be roasted. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand that the NHS right now is like you're stuck on a roller coaster that people keep taking parts away from. Like, people keep <laughs> taking away support structures and, like, screws and bolts. And sometimes it's just a little stuff, but people keep doing it. And you're stuck on the roller coaster because you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a GP receptionist. I get it. But all the people that have to also join you on the roller coaster, they're on it as well. So you might as well, like, have fun. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, it's going to collapse eventually. <laughs> but... Hopefully you're not on the loop-de-loop -loop when it goes down. That's, oh, my God. You know, what's the name? Uh, there is a, a doctor who started writing. I think it was it Adam K or something like that? It was anyway. Like, he apparently he, he wrote... Uh, this is going to hurt. It's a book that okay. he wrote. And apparently he's, he's a comedian now. Or, but he, he worked in... Uh, I don't know if it was private or uh, yeah. NHS. But uh, still, yeah, I think, again, I, I, uh, I don't want to... Um, Say anything. Flag off the Slide, NHS. Yeah, because I, again, I know it's... Look, a, I'm I, I come from other free healthcare, okay? So I come, oh, yeah, that's true, actually. I come you do from Canada. And by the way, that's why I sound like this. Everyone listening at home, I'm Canadian. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> why? Well, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, so we have free healthcare, too. But And it's also, like, getting ruined by conservative governments as well. But, like, it hasn't been as ruined... It's been ruined in certain ways, worse than NHS, but not as bad as in other ways. So, oh, so is that like what made you like? Did you want to move to Europe or to England just for our to pursue comedy, or was it like a combination of? I don't really. I, it was like ninety percent like per, uh, comedy, yeah, to like pursue comedy, um, and then like twenty percent, I guess, just like. I got a day job opportunity that like relocated me and personal life, like leaving, leaving, Co coming out of like second lockdown in Toronto was just like, why am I living in Toronto? Like there's nothing happening. Like I wasn't seeing anyone romantically or anything. And like comedy was so locked down for those two years in Toronto that like, it was just like, well, if I go to a different place, I'm going to restart, restart anyway. So there's like, as much goodwill or whatever. Like, I started comedy in Ottawa in 2012. And I lived there until 2018, like, fall of 2018. Um, and then I moved to Toronto. So, like, it was only in Toronto for, like, two years. And then, oh, well, yeah, really everything. a year and a half and then lockdown. So, it was, like, I didn't build up enough reputation or goodwill or whatever that, like, I wasn't... I, I was getting a little bit of heat, and then COVID happened. Like, I was going to do some JFL showcases and stuff, but, yeah, it's just, like, everything locked down. So I was like, okay, well, I might, might as well move to another country because anywhere that you move, you always have to restart kind of thing. So I was Yeah, that's like, a fair point. Yeah, might as well move to London where 
I want to try try go of it personally and stuff. So, yeah, the healthcare was not a factor, unfortunately. <laughs> um, fair enough. Yeah, I moved. I moved to to London almost a year, maybe ten months after I started doing comedy in Manchester, and I I I, I don't know if I moved for con- I don't I. Now I don't know why I moved. To be fair, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of yeah. Like Manchester seems blown up these days. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a it's a. No, I feel like if you if you're driving as a comedian as well, it's it's good. But yeah. if you're not, if you rely on public transport like I do, um, it's not great because I think like after 10 p.m. everything is just locked down. Yeah, you get stuck out. And yeah, yeah. I mean that's that seems to be the thing. Is like basically, you're a London comic that doesn't have a car or you're a comic somewhere else in the UK and you have a car. Like that seems to be like the only two options really to do comedy in this country. Yeah. And it's, I don't mind it. I I like traveling around uh, London. I I like to go out and and gig. Uh, Do you go out to London much? Yeah. um, Not like, I don't know, like a couple times a month probably on average. Like, but I generally try to only do it if it's paid, just because it's like, yeah, it's not overly. So yeah, at the end of the month, I'm supposed to be going to. Sorry, everyone listening to this in the future, but at the end of this month, I'm supposed to be going to Woking to do a gig, where I don't know what that is, but it's I think South Surrey based or something. Woking, I heard about it. Yeah, but I don't know where it is. Okay. Um, and then yeah, also at the end of the month, I have actually, I have a good gig in Henley on Thames. Which is like kind of like west, west. Oh, okay. I feel like, like stuff that's on Thames is usually. I think. Yeah. Everything west on Thames is rich. Yeah, yeah. So and it's at a hotel, so oh, you, wow. you know it's gonna be balling. Nice. Um, and yeah, and I'm going to Birmingham too at the end of the month too. You then uh, is it Glee or no? Um, this guy uh, Egan, Alex Egan. He has a club. Oh yeah, I heard about him. Yeah. yeah so it's all at these places called. Summer or something. So, yeah, he runs like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in like Birmingham and Leicester and stuff. So, great dude. And I did it um, in the summer. And then he asked me to come back and back. Nice. Do a couple nights. So yeah, uh, yeah. I need to get in with Lee. I need to yeah. I need to get in with a lot of other places. Like, I need to do Brighton and like Bristol, Cardiff, and all these places. It's nice. So you have a, a bucket list of some sort. Well, it's just, it, with how this country works, like, you just eventually get in with whatever club, and then you do that every six months or every 12 months or whatever the rotation is. And then you start getting paid to do comedy pretty basically professionally and stuff. Well, sounds uh, sounds good. Yeah, in theory. <laughs> but I think, uh, in theory, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it, when you're like, ah, uh, yeah, on, on, not on paper, but you kind of... I feel like any any sort of plans that I've made, they they've been, um, I don't know, just just didn't happen, you know. I think even even with this, like, I only, even with the podcast, I think at the at the beginning of October, I was like, oh, I need to um, I need to start journaling, and I was like, I hate journaling, and then I was like, ah, yeah. So well, yeah, like break this down because we're like. We've only just done the intro. What, what is this show? What are we doing here? Who are you? Who am I? Who's the cameras? Who are we talking to? <laughs> the cameras. Yeah, where are the cameras in this room? <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> on makeup, we've got um, um, someone who's doing volunteer work. Yeah. Um, no. An intern. 
Well, well I, I am uh, Levy, and I've done, I've recorded this, recorded this for uh, maybe uh, less than a month now. I am still not sure what it is, but okay. what I yeah. like to think that it is is it's a conversation with other artists about stuff, you know. <laughs> Random. I I had the not necessarily a list per se, but I was gonna go through some topics with you, like um, the um, the Camden Fringe shows that you've done, and uh, like what you're doing with uh, with them uh, for the next year, for example. And yeah, just getting to to know some other people, and then Amazing. the way it's gonna work is that at the beginning of the podcast and then at the end of the podcast, actually mostly at the beginning, there will be like a five minutes of me actually journaling. Okay. And yeah. Explaining or not necessarily explaining, explaining, but it's gonna be about like me and uh, I, I thought I'm just gonna read out my journaling notes from okay. you know like nice. the the I've had not the struggles because I don't want it to define me that I have the borderline personality disorder, the but just how it feels like and that you know there is still the journeys that you yeah the journeys for the journal yeah yeah you know but in like less of a oh I think I'm gonna. Uh, go really <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be very uh, like loads of beeps, you know. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of like, yeah, it's okay, nice. it's okay. Yeah, it's just because someone walks too slow in London, you don't have to hate the world. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, you don't have to. But oh, sometimes <laughs> on transit, it really. Oh, if you accidentally body check people, oh, it's. I'm a big boy, and I don't mind really bumping into people that are like blocking the tube doors or something like that if like trying to get out or just yeah blocking stuff with backpacks or what have you yeah taking the taking the transit in london is an event it's it's just that i i think and i i know i shouldn't but i do sometimes i'm like just look at other people you know, like, pay attention to people around yeah. you. Oh, situational um, awareness. Yeah, it, it's like when people get out of the tube and they, they just stop. And I'm like, lady, this door, I mean, lady, yeah. gentleman, person, this door is going to shut in two seconds and I need to get out. Like, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I, I'm just blocked by someone because they're like, is the exit that way or the other? I'm like, no, what yeah. about you get out, walk a little bit further. Is that a thing that out. says way out and then with the arrows clearly demarcated? Should I go that way or should I stand here for a second? Yeah. Maybe I'll check my phone. Oh, that doesn't work still. <laughs> uh, I'll look back up there. I'll start going one way, and then I'll go the other way. Yeah, it's. I understand it's an international city, and maybe people don't overly speak English as well and stuff, but it's also kind of like it's pictographed in a way that you should know. Yeah. Get out, keep moving, go to the exit. Like, it's, it's really not that complicated. I agree. I I, I I agree. I don't want to be patronizing, but it's not. I don't know. I don't think it gets any any any. And it can do any easier. Besides of someone literally coming next to me and being like, "By the way, yeah, this is the train." Which they do <laughs> during rush hour. Still, like, which yeah, the people <laughs> they do on the microphones and stuff. They're still like over there being like, everyone, please move down the freaking platform. Everyone, please let the people out first. Like, they just like the bare minimum. Um, yeah, this is mostly a podcast about uh, public transit. Uh, yeah, that's actually, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually it's going to be PDP, public transport, PTP, public transport podcast. Nice. Yeah, in, in, um, <laughs> in, uh, partnership with TFL. 
Oh, what, what do you think about people? Like, I don't know why I have. Uh, what do you think about people who like skip the barrier, but like aggressively? Not because again, I understand that there are people who are suffering, but sometimes you just yeah. The one cool thing about a place like Luxembourg, which I was just at, I don't know if anyone heard that I was uh, touring a uh, headliner, uh, but uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> they, <but> yeah, <laughs> Luxembourg has free public transit. No so way. literally all of it is free. Um, and it's because it's a tax shelter nation. Like, it's like Ireland and stuff. So it's like there's a lot of corporations with headquarters there. So, like, they make a lot of money. But 80% of the people that, like, work in Luxembourg don't live there. Like, they go back to their homes in northern France or southern Belgium or western Germany. So Really? Yeah, it's a very weird and fucked up country. But... They like just they did like a couple studies and they're like okay is it worth because like they don't have a lot of public transit but like they have buses they have a tram and then all the trains going out and forth and there's like how much money are we making versus like how much like time we lose on checking people in because like think of it like when you like have to tap in tap out and stuff yeah like how much time that loses because you have to wait for people and like buses then can't really run on like an ex- like explicit schedule. Yeah. Like, they're already competing with traffic. Now they're competing with, like, waiting for people to ding themselves in and stuff. And, like, all, like and policing if people actually have tickets and stuff like that. And all of that is just, like, oh, this is literally only costing, like, the lowest income earners in our country. Like, rich people will, like, it doesn't cost them, like, it's it doesn't hurt rich people one way or another whether or not they play, pay for transit. But for lower-income people, it just dings them, hurts them, and penalizes them when they have to pay. Otherwise, you free the whole thing up. Everyone wins. Yeah. So, saying TFL should be free. <laughs> All public Fair. transit should be free. Uh, and the rich people should pay for it. That's the thing. It's in the world, I think. It's public. Yeah. It's for the public. It's a public no good. Cost. Yeah. It's accessible. Like... Because this city's so gigantic, and it's like it's insane that it. Yeah, there's so much money that they make, which I understand. Like they don't want to like give up the money they make and stuff, but the efficiencies and like yeah, it's it is cool to like go somewhere where it's just like no, it's just free to take a bus or whatever. It's like that's, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's mad. I think uh, they they tried this in. Um not not the free bits, but you know, like in some countries, like in Romania, you can pay uh, sending an SMS. Uh, what you pay in like text yeah. message? Yeah, like a text message for the um, uh, say bus. Yeah, and it's really strange because basically you have like you get people who live in big cities, and I know that from because my uh, my cousin she lives in a fairly big city in Romania. I think second big, biggest, but. Yeah, like she, she is, is literally like you DM the government. Going like, oh, I'm taking the bus now, and then he goes like, okay, so now thirty cents out of your credit are gonna go, you know? Whoa! So like they don't have like a thing you tap on, or you can't have either that or text message. <laughs> hey, you up? Yeah, I need. To, <laughs> I need to get a ride. Yeah, that's like the, the kind of like Uber where you just <laughs> here you go. Oh my god, you should talk about that on sex. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll think about it somehow. But uh, no, I just remember I got I got when oh I, I no, got I accidentally drunk texted the government <laughs> for a bus. <laughs> oh no! I was trying to get my weed guy. <laughs> <laughs> like you up? Yeah, that was good. Like you up? Yeah, like uh, 
Teddy Sands, how many times? Yeah. I'm like, oh no. You up for driving me around? Just <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, getting like a night, is it like a nice cap, night cap? But that's for alcohol, right? Well, no, for like having a drink. Yeah, a nightcap. Like cap. a yeah. last last little drink before you go home to a kebab or go home to a, a another person or uh, go home to yourself. Oh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, oh, sorry. That's okay. Whoops, cut that out. That was just me cracking my knuckles. Wow, that's a, that was really... I think I'm going to keep it. That was really loud. <laughs> well, yeah. They're s- stiff. Um... Okay, so now I'm thinking about um, your because I know you, you we um, cross paths quite uh, over the summer a couple of times when we actually even met. But uh, you were you did two shows. You you were a part of two shows, right? Because you did one was it an hour or was it a half an hour and then a split bill. So yeah, this past summer I did um, two different Cameron Fringe show Cam Camden Fringe shows. Uh, the first one was the triple, so it was like. Three comics, myself, Leighton Roth, Mikhail Parker, uh, doing uh, basically 20 each, but kind of splitting up. Like, I think the first show I did like 10 to start and then 10 to close, which didn't really make sense. But um, yeah, so we did those, that at Museum of Comedy, and we had a Saturday afternoon and then like a Sunday afternoon, and they were pretty good. Well, the second one was like 50 odd, 50 odd people, so that was great. Um, first one was like twenty something, so it could have been better. But and then I also did uh, a Sunday afternoon museum comedy two person show, but it wasn't like a split bill. It was called um, Super Sexy Mr. Blobby Musical Hour, uh, and it was kind of a sketch show, but it was kind of like a variety show. But it was kind of like also some interpret- interpretive dance. And like, yeah, um, and me doing stand up and stuff. So it, it was myself and uh, Nicola McMurtry, and most like a lot of the creative ideas kind of came from Nicola. She's smarter and better at creative stuff. Um, and so we, I would kind of like we we go up together and like intro the show, and then I went up and like did five minutes of material of like stand up, and then she came up and did like a character or like a song. And then, like, that would segue into, like, either us going back up together or me going up or... And then we kind of traded off and on. And, like, we had some, like, video sketches as well and audio sketches and, yeah, a big, giant dance number to, like, close the show and stuff. Um, Yeah, it was so weird. And uh, I also... Like, the whole thing is I don't really know Mr. Blobby. Do you, are you familiar with I him? have no idea what who that is. So all your UK listeners will know. Mr. Blobby is like a... He's a light pink with yellow polka-dotted uh, kids entertainer. Um, but he's also like an instigator and like a rabble-rouser. And like he's been on like late-night TV like causing havoc and stuff. But he kind of just goes around and he just says like, Blobby. That's the only thing he says. Like he didn't say any words or anything. He's like Blobby, and that's how he, <laughs> like he talks like he talks like through this like weird voice digitizer thing. And like he he's just like he's bumbling and stumbling and like causes havoc and stuff. But he's like he's like a kids thing from the eighties and nineties from UK TV, and he's popular among a certain age. 
But uh, the whole show was just like, I don't know what I've signed up for because I don't know who Mr. Blobby is kind of thing. And then I dressed like Mr. Blobby for like the final oh. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still have the costume? Yes. Yeah, I can't return <laughs> it. <laughs> Are you planning to use it in the future? Um, I'd really like to do the show again uh, with Nicola um, and, like, do some tweaks and, like, get... Do, like, probably a couple performances. Um, it depends on, like, what fringes and stuff like that we're going... But she's um, wildly successful and wildly in demand, so she, it's kind of tough to... Uh, she... It was her idea to, like, work together for last year, which is great, so... Um, yeah, if it, if it only happened the one time, it was a really fun experience and stuff, but hopefully we can do it again or do a different version of something similar. Would you record it? Um, Would you put it together and then, like, you know... There is, a, a f I think, a YouTube out there somewhere, but, like, I would... I don't know if it would be worth selling to anything... But like and like burning the material associated with it, but yeah, I'd like I'd I don't know if I'd like three camera it or anything like that, but like who knows? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. It was fun working with Nicola, but then also like working all the, on all the stuff that like I don't do, like sketch and like audio and like visual stuff and, and a dance number and all that jazz. <laughs> He sounds. Uh, but uh, how how did you get around it then? Because uh, if you because uh, you do you only do stand? I mean, mostly do stand up comedy, right? Yeah, I mostly just do stand up and like kind of more storyteller based stand up and stuff. But um, I'm really good at everything I do. <laughs> so I uh, that sounded very convincing. So, <laughs> but like I've done sketches before. Like I've done. YouTube sketches and things, and like I've written, I like I don't know how to write music and I don't know how to dance, but like Nicola's also like a choreograph choreographer, so like yeah, we just practiced as much a bunch of times and stuff, and yeah, it was really tough to remember a very short dance that was not that complicated, but um, but yeah, so it was like yeah, I've like I've written, so like we kind of like co-wrote a bunch of stuff and for the sketches that we, like, put in and, like, the segue parts and stuff and then just kind of went with it and did it live. So, like, there's a lot of live sketch and then there's some video and some audio and stuff. That sounds... Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds scary for me because I, I can't see anything... Actually, yeah, coming back to something I was saying earlier about, like, starting comedy when you, I have, like, five minutes, I struggle now when I'm like, okay, cool, I've got about like 10, say 15 minutes. And is that it? Like I can't see further enough in the future yeah. to think, oh yeah, I'm gonna try this and I'm gonna do a bit of that. And like I see people who do improv and then even like musical comedy or they start doing, I don't know, even like TV work and, and I'm like and if someone asks, oh do you would you do it? And I'm like maybe, but I don't know how. I have no idea where it starts. I don't even know how to, you know, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's um, you say yes, and then you figure out how to do it. That's, yes. It's like a lot of faking it till you make it kind of thing. But it's like the best way. Like, the very first sketch I did was basically just because, like, I had a beard, and this other comedian had a beard. And so he wrote, like, a, like a fake infomercial 
like the more you know situation. Like, but it was just about people having beards, and oh, it was just a mine. dumb. Yeah, so it was just like a dumb three-minute sketch we put on YouTube that like no one has seen. But his he knew how to film and edit stuff, and his partner like also like knew how to like film stuff, and so like they worked right. together on some other ones. Right. And they brought me in, so like I worked with him on the script and stuff, but then also like the actual quote unquote acting. And then it's just like okay, so I'm like okay, now I know how that works and stuff. It's just, it's the same. It's just skills you learn, and then either you maybe put it out in the world, or maybe you don't. Like you can always, write, you could start writing scripts for video sketches or something tomorrow if you wanted. Like there's no, yeah. It's not like you have to do something with it, and it's not like someone's like demanding you give them work right away or like high caliber work or anything you can just start doing whatever for you and work on those muscles because all of comedy is just different muscles you're not the first person to say that actually i I heard that before in in a in a good way i heard that that before yeah like improv i mean improv comedy obviously sucks take that improv troops uh (laughs) but like there's something to be said to where improv is the main thing is like reacting and using your gut without overthinking and also being present in the room. And like if you take those elements of improv for stand up where it's like that's how you can like do those organic crowd worky stuff that's like so like of the moment that is unique to that show and like everyone realizes like oh my god this is a unique moment of comedy like happening and people use that's why people love crowd work so much because it's like it is thought up on the spot in theory. In theory, yeah. It's, sometimes it's not <laughs> everyone. <laughs> uh, do you do crowd work? Yeah, yeah, but it's like very controlled crowd work. Nice. Like I don't give a shit where people work and stuff, <laughs> or, or how long they've been dating, fucking partner or whatever. I don't care about. But like, I like asking specific questions. So I can get an answer within a specific thing, and then from that, just segue over to your bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, that sounds good. I, I I always thought about again. I haven't I haven't done it yet because I don't I don't think. But that was something that really draws me because I. That's the only crowd work that I would I would see myself doing, but I find it really hard because sometimes I, I, it's it's. I think it's more difficult because then you have to kind of be like, oh, yeah, you're in control, but then you're actually, yeah. I'm in control, and then I just go, oh, nice, well, let me tell you this now. Well, and don't get me wrong, this is, like, what I'm doing now. I've been doing comedy, against since, like, 2012. So I've seen too much. I've bombed all over the world uh, so much. And, like, one summer in Ottawa, I was hosting, like, a new talent comedy competition. Nice. And basically, like, I wasn't getting paid very well. And it was very stressful working with the ownership group and stuff. But the payment was mostly, like, hosting every Tuesday, Wednesday. So I was like, great. I'm going to host as much as possible. Like, and then from that, work on my hosting skills and, like, work on my, like, hey, what do you do for a living? Perfect. So, yeah, you were saying that you were doing host work in Ottawa. Yeah, I hosted and, like, kind of organized and did all the admin for a summer comedy competition. Um, And, like, so the pay was really bad, and, like, the stress was really bad. And it also didn't help me in the long run with that club. 
oh. which it should have. But the club owner was like hard to work with, and he was kind of spiteful. And so, anyway, very petty. Um, but so basically, the pay was like hosting almost every single show, and like getting out of it what the most I could. So for like two months straight, I hosted like every Tuesday, Wednesday at the club, which was like nice. It was almost like a little uh, residency kind of thing. So, and yeah, that's where I like did all the, hey, what do you do for a living? Uh, and then try and say something funny on that. But like, yeah, ever since then, it's like, I'm not really, and if you watch a lot of London comics that do crowd work and it's mostly like, job based and stuff it's just like it gets really boring really quickly it do, it's not like entertaining to me it's not creative it's kind of it's kind of you know you it's i feel like it's, it's sometimes it's like a, like a tinder joke or like you know uh, it's things that you kind of like go to straight away and you can it's been it's be, because it's been done unless it's something very yeah like very new or it's it's great for doing canned crowd work um, which canned crowd work is crowd work that you quote unquote think up on the spot, but you've actually just opened up a can and you've said this exact same thing, same oh, thing to someone, right, right, and right, you right. just pour that can on the crowd and they're like, "Oh my god, this comic's so funny!" <laughs> but you said that like twenty five <laughs> times, like, "Oh, you're a banker. Uh, what do you do?" I can't even think of one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. that would be like a good one, but it's just because you've used it before. Yeah. And okay. Um, yeah. How did you? What made you start comedy? Why did you want to start doing comedy? Um, I grew up watching a lot of Conan O'Brien. Uh, Conan O'Brien is like the old, the redheaded, uh, late night host. Oh yeah, of course. God, yeah, Jesus. Conan. Yeah, I was like, oh, That's I okay. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in like Mad TV and like SNL. And so, yeah, I watched a lot of sketch comedy in late night, like Letterman and stuff like that. And I watched a lot of stand-up, I guess, but, like, not, like, I wasn't, like, crazy, like, I wasn't crazy into stand-up until, like, maybe, like, I was later teens or something like that. But I was okay. more just into comedy and, like, comedy sh everything. And even not without realizing it, like, was actually writing, like, sketches and, like, jokes and stuff, but, like, because I was just writing shit down oh. that I thought would be funny and stuff, but it was, again, more for, like, oh, if I could be a writer on SNL or something or write for Conan O'Brien, that'd be amazing. So that was my childhood, and then I did nothing with that until I was 26 or 27. I forget how age works. Anyway... <laughs> No, I must have been 26. And yeah, because in the fall of 2011, I met a stand-up comic at a house party. And this girl that like I was trying to you know get with everybody at home uh, <laughs> had like kept introducing me to everyone at the house party. He's like, oh, this is Greg. He's hilarious. Uh, and then this stand-up comic that I met who, like, turns out he wasn't like a pro comic or anything. He was just like someone that did it kind of like pro-am style. But he was like thoroughly thought I was hilarious, and he's like, hey, "Have you ever thought of doing stand-up?" And I had been to a few stand-up shows, but nothing like crazy. Like I saw some like Canadian famous people, but and like I loved right. watching a few of them, but like I never, I didn't go that often. I had no desire, and then as soon as he, he said that, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess I could go do stand-up." And so he invited me to do his show in like two months in like late January or whatever. Um, which was, like, it was November we met, so it basically gave me, like, a month and a half to, like, work on my yeah. five minutes. 
Uh, and I said, yeah, I could, I'll do it if my friend Logan could also do it because we, I guess, talked about it. And so we wrote together for like the next month and a half, just five minutes, like practicing on each other and stuff like that. And then went to the show and it was a fundraiser for Ottawa University Law, Environmental Law Society, like students. Right. Um, so it was like everyone was like in third year, fourth year, like, and like just it was at a sports pub at like Ottawa University. So it was like everything you would think would be horrible, but the host was good and the host was like, hey, this is like a couple of people's first times and stuff. And like they were just crazy supportive. I didn't tell like anyone about it. I told like one friend and she showed up uh, and it was great and she supported, but. Uh, I got a film of it, and then, like, that I showed to a bunch of people because I was just, like, I showed up to my friend group after. I'm like, hey, look what I did. And I, like, had performed comedy. Um, And then one would say that's, like, how I started, but, like, my first actual comedy club was, like, two months later and, like, basically same set, and, like, I got, like, 20 friends out and stuff. Like, when you start and stuff, you get so many people. and. That went so well that the club owner was like, hey, was this your first time? I'm like, yeah, basically. He was like, he was like oh, my God, that was great. Like, showed so much potential. Like, like really good job. Like, can come back. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. I mean, in re- retrospect, it's probably because I brought 20 friends. I'm just so, <laughs> so stoked about me being there. Because yeah. the next time I did it was, again, like, two months later at the same club. Um, and I bombed my dick off. Like, I just, like, went over on time. I basically read my jokes from my set list that was, like, on stage. I was just nervous. Like, they just, I didn't have friends in the crowds. And it's definitely not my worst bomb. Like, (laughs) I had a pretty bad one on Friday night. But, uh, (laughs) oh, yeah. But that was more situational. But anyway, it was a bad enough bomb that, like, it's always going to stick with me as, like, one of the worst ones in my head, kind of, like, whatever. But in that moment, like, I went to the club owner again, and I was like, hey, I'm like, sorry, I went over on time. Like, I didn't see the light, because, like, they had, like, the red light and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And he's like, yeah, you went over. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done those last two jokes. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't have. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and then he asked me, like, have you gotten any practice since last time? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, well, it shows. And that was, like, that night was the do this and do it seriously or never do this again. Yeah. So, unfortunately for the world, I chose to do it seriously. And uh, I went to, like, the local pub that, like, all the comics went to after the show. And, like, finally, like, because, like, the first first show was just, like, no one knew me and I had a bunch of friends there. But now it's just, like, I'm one of the comics. They all just saw me bomb. And we were talking about, like, <laughs> where can you practice and stuff. So that, that's when they were like, okay, so you can go to this open mic and you can do this and do this monthly. And then this other club you can do, like, monthly. And, like, and then that was when it was, like, actually starting to. So, like, I can, yeah, I consider my starting date, like, that bomb. Uh, it's like May 23rd, 2012. So that's when I actually started comedy. Because, like, all the, the other two shows before were just you know, getting fluffed or testing yeah. or whatever. Like Oh God, no, but I I, I think um how do you recover from because you were you mentioned Friday like how what 
How do you recover from a bomb? Like how well, how how bad bad well, if, you, if it's not too much? But like how bad does it hurt? Friday you? Friday was a very bad Covent Garden based gig that you get paid in pizza for. And everyone listening at home might know what that gig is. And if you don't know, don't start comedy, okay? But there was two rows of, um, let's say, eight 15-year-old French girls, like from France, and a chaperone. <laughs> and then there was, like, <laughs> a, an older couple from, I don't know, East London. And then, like, a couple of 18-year-olds behind, like in the back row. And then, like two other people that were probably, like, early 20s, also from France. So literally four people out of the 10, 12, like, spoke English. Like, oh, and no. so, it, like, yeah, I bombed. And it was because I was performing English comedy yeah. to 15-year-old French girls. <laughs> like, oh, so it wasn't, like, I'm not taking that one personal. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, yeah, it was painful. And I like got my payment and gave my pizza, and then like just left. Like I, I, w- I should have stayed and supported the other acts, but I was just, like, I had just I had done an earlier gig and like it went well for what it was. So I was just like, I'm just gonna go home. Uh, I don't want to be out <laughs> in Covent Garden and deal it's, with all this stuff. Oh man, I think uh, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking sometimes, and I think it's the worst when you when you bomb and then you have to go down and actually watch the rest and. Support, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it takes the pain away because you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. But sometimes it's just like, oh, God. Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, it turns out what I did was actually pretty good compared to everyone else. Like, yeah, it's, but it's really hard. There's still, like, levels of... And, like, I hold myself to a certain standard where it's like, I sh- like, I should have been able to... Like, I still feel bad on Friday. Like, I should have been able to get them. But I'm not actually going to get Gen Z, not even Gen Z. I don't know what 15-year-olds are now, but, like, if they're not Gen Z, if they're Gen Z, then they're Gen Alpha or whatever. Like, I'm not going to relate to them with my, like, dating material and stuff (laughs) like that. Like, do they want to know what a 38-year-old is to say? No. They're, they're like, I could literally be their fucking dad. (laughs) Like, yeah, which is... I don't look at everyone at home. I look great. I look like 25, but... True. Actually, you know, when you... when Because you, I didn't know your age. Yeah. And then when you were like, oh, yeah, 26, I was like, no way. Because when you started comedy, and I was yeah, like, okay, so old, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm old as shit. I'm too old to be famous, so everyone listening, don't try stuff in when you're old in age. No, I think it's every... every you can try at any moment, and I... I've, I've been I've done it for yes I've done it for two years I, I still plan on doing it for as long as I I can get to do it no uh, yeah I'm joking and it, that's the thing is like once you you do it and stuff if you're if you're actually a comedian and you and you're meant to do it you'll never quit even if you take time away from it even yeah. if you like don't gig for a couple of weeks or years or months or what like it even if you stop for an extended period of time, there'll always be something inside of you that will never, like, because it's, it's such an experience to do comedy and, like, perform comedy for people. And, like, there's no real way to explain it because, like, it's such a mix of dopamine and, like, I don't know, to, not testosterone, but, like, I, it's, it's just such a hard experience to describe to someone that's, like, never done it. That's, like, it's addicting and yet it's, like soul crushing. <laughs> like, well, this is yeah, yeah. It, it, it's crazy because um, 
you know, I had this thing uh, actually a few months ago where yeah. I stopped because actually a few months, so kind of like at the beginning of the year, um, where I had to take it slower. Yeah. Because I started to, you know, like I went through like getting diagnosed. I went through trying to, you know, do some uh, something called um, dialectual behavioral therapy, which yeah. helps me out with, and and then obviously those things take time. And then also I've noticed that I was just getting tired and worn out really quickly. Yeah. And to kind of you know like even at the times when I was like I'm not gonna gig as much, and I know people who who stopped doing comedy because they were like it's a, it, as much as I enjoy it, it's destroying me. Yeah, and I'm like fair enough. But then to me, I actually felt like w- I can't live without it, and I. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you're if, and like that's why s- some people too that start, and some people that still do it are probably like not actual comedians, but like they're addicted to like the weird hustle and like the just keeping themselves busy and stuff like that. Because yeah, it, it's so easy to burn out with comedy, and it's not healthy to like do comedy when you're burnt out. And so like lately, not lately, but <laughs> October w- was kind of busy. November is going to be busy. And sometimes, like, going into that show Friday, like, I kind of have to, like, do a mantra for myself of, yeah. like, uh, comedy is fun, and I like comedy. Like, <laughs> I, and I just kind of, like, have to tell myself that, like, sometimes. Going what do you do, um, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm on the team where if I'm at home, for example, if I'm on my own, I, I rarely watch comedy now, besides of, like, what I do. Just because I, as much as I love it, I also... Oh really yeah, no. I, what, I, what what are you on? Like, are you like, oh, I'm gonna watch a stand up on the way home now? Or no, I've basically hate comedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, but it's just it's just because I'm so overexposed. It's just because I see so much comedy live and bad comedy live that I can't then go home and just sit there and be like, mm, whoa, what does uh, Ken Chong have to say about uh, dating or something? Or like, and it's just like, and not to say that some of these people shouldn't be getting specials, but I don't like, it's, I'm very particular about my sense of humor now. Same. Like, I'm very, very selective. Yeah. And uh, I'd much rather rewatch all of the Predator and Alien movies, which I'm doing right now, oh, no way. in like sequential order. Like chronological order, um, instead of watching the newest Ali Wong or whatever. Like, because one, I don't want to be influenced by famous people in their specials. That's what I I think about sometimes as well. I don't want to be influenced at all. I want to stay true to my voice and like keep just what my comic mind and stuff. And then, yeah, too, like I want to break from comedy. Like, I don't really listen to a lot of uh, podcasts that like. Comedy podcast, except this one, obviously. <laughs> but like, <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, like I don't listen to Joe Rogan or like any of the kind of like just comedians talking style. Yeah, just because it's like, oh, I'd rather listen to news ones or like learning about history or or what have you. I know sometimes I I, I do usually listen to like tech ones just because yeah. I I have um, some like bits that like draw me to, to on that side. But then, yeah, I agree, and I I feel. Sometimes I feel guilty about it 
You know, I feel guilty about people going like, oh, do you want to go and watch? Like, I think um, we were chatting. I mean, I'm kind of thinking uh, I'll probably go and watch Daniel Schloss in February. Yeah. That's because I, I love, like, I think he's my favorite, like, British. I know Scottish, yeah, yeah. but yeah, British comedian. Um, but then when people, when even like John Mulaney, which is like one of my, I want to say people like the reasons why I started doing comedy. Yeah, I love Mulaney. But it was like 90 pounds for a ticket to sit in like a, and I was like, I can't, I, I genuinely yeah. can't and that, justify it. That's the thing. Like I have trouble, I have trouble watching. I watched uh, Berbigula's newest one, The Old Man in the Pool. Oh, was it? That was good. And I was really, it, it was in a Wyndham theater near like Leicester Square and stuff. And oh, okay. Which I hadn't been there before. And it's a nice old theater and it the seats yeah, like, I bought tickets for me and my friend that was visiting from Canada, and, like, the tickets were freaking crazy for what they were, but, like, they were pretty close, and, like, nice. it was a good show, okay. and I really like his storytelling and stuff like that, and, like, that is something that, like, you kind of want to see in a theater, I think. I saw Mulaney's, um, not his most recent special, like, the one about rehab, but the one before. Before, yeah. I saw that in, like, a theater in Toronto, like, as he was, oh. like, touring it and, like, working on it, and, like, that was freaking dope like and yeah i would love to but even that theater was like i don't know it was like maybe 20 rows back or something so it was like pretty close and like you could see a lot like i don't want to see i would never go to like a stadium show of anything like i don't want to see stadium comedy i don't want to see like these big i want to see some of these people in in a comedy club where it's like 150 people yeah, and, like they're working on right? something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like that was like back when Chappelle stopped, uh, started dropping all those uh, transphobic specials and stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite one was the fourth one that he did in the club that was like the most, the least worked on. Where like he just like was in a club and like kind of wor- like it was it very much felt like a work in progress and that was my favorite one because it was just like oh like this is way more t- comedy that I would love makes sense I think um, I was gonna say uh, earlier when we were chatting about uh, the when you were talking about like the watching John Mulaney and oh Mike Berbilia yeah I I tried to watch Mike Berbilia. But the thing is that, um, and I don't know if I need to put a disclaimer here, but when we found out that my mom passed away, I was watching Mike Berbilia. Mm, so every time, and I feel horrible because I want to watch him and I, I heard yeah, so many good things. And then, But the, ev- as soon as I, 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 generally the other day I was trying to put it on the, the his like last Netflix special. I just tried yeah. to put it on just to give it a try because I think it was my... My 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 girlfriend's husband or something like that was the one that was watching. When my, I found out about my mom passing, and I was and all I could think of was my mom. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't. I I feel bad about it because I I love him. I think he's he's a brilliant comedian. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure if Mike was here in the room, and you know what, we've got him. We got him. <laughs> Come on, in, Mike. Mike. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he would say 100 percent that your mental health and like stuff like that trumps comedy any day, yeah. and that's what people don't realizing comedy <laughs> when they perform it it's like also uh, comedy is not therapy and your mental health sometimes has to take a f- like f- uh, precedent like yeah. sometimes you have to reduce comedy performing comedy like you did this year and stuff like sometimes you have to take a step back and stuff or you have to stop drinking at comedy shows or you have to 
do like you have to do like just because yeah comedy is not therapy and, and like people like yeah. have different triggers and, and things like that all the time uh with like how you experience shit and stuff so it's yeah it's a thousand percent fine as well as that i think about um sometimes where i, I don't know if you've noticed recently but at times you get um people who are like you get people doing comedy but they 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 just say something for a reaction. Yeah. It's very much like, like when you said about like Dave, Dave Chappelle, where he's like, you know, I just want to like, I'll, but I, I, it leaves to me my definition of comedy is like, it's, it's, it's funny. It has ultimately to be funny. You shouldn't leave someone thinking, oh boy, or you shouldn't make people think, I don't know, about anything else. So like just, you know, I hate this, like some specials that I've watched uh, where people are just clapping at like statements and I'm like, okay, it's beautiful. But you're not doing a TED talk, you know. What I mean, I mean yeah. it's it's kind of like, well, we forgot the whole idea of what yeah we want. Well, and I would say, like to close the loop on it, like that Dave Chappelle special where he's in the club, he's sitting on the the stool, and he's just kind of riffing. It almost feels like a work in progress. He's telling like a long-winded story with like a pretty good punch at the end, but it's like mostly about like that pimp or whatever. And like, and then that was one of my favorite, and the one right before it or whichever one wasn't as transphobic, but the one before it in, like, Washington, where it was, like, at, like, an arena, it was the most sycophantic, horrible special I've seen in forever. Because, like, he would just not say punchlines, and people were laughing because it was Dave Chappelle. Like, he, that's when he started, like, hitting the mic to his knee or whatever, and, like, and then people just laughed because they loved him. And that's the problem with the cult of personality that, like, celebrity is if like you become famous enough that people just laugh at you making statements it's not over the comedy it's like, really it's, just it's so hard though because i remember yeah. when i when i watched like when i started doing comedy when, when you watch someone doing comedy and you're like like literally you, you watch um i don't know any for example i think with, with kevin hart you kind of I, at least i've seen the difference where i was like it was so relatable so quick for easy for me to laugh to then the one that he didn't do in lockdown in his house yeah it, it was again like i said it was just like a, a statement after statement after statement but people were still laughing because is you know um, yeah. and i was like oh god it's, like, al- it's almost like goodwill that it keeps built up with but also i feel like to me it, it to me like to a, to a new comedian or someone who wants to try comedy it gives like this false sense of uh progress because yeah. you think oh they can just say anything and then you go in like an open mic or you do go to like a semi pro gig and someone says like again like a sexist thing or they're like oh wh- why aren't you laughing is yeah. it not funny? And I'm like, no. Yeah, no. It just turned <laughs> out that was incredibly sexist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or racist or whatever. Yeah, no. And that's, like, I'm still, I'm, I am, a, I, it doesn't sound like I am, but I'm a big proponent for uh, actual free speech. And, like, I think you can say whatever the hell you want, but it needs to be funny. And you, free speech does not mean freedom of consequence. And so, like, if you are saying wackadoo, racist, sexist, whatever shit, like, you deserve to be torn down publicly or off stage or whatever. And sometimes it's people doing it from ignorance and not realizing that they're punching down to whatever or whatever. And, and sometimes it's just because, like, they want to be contrarian or they think they're yeah. being a dark, 
hear, like they think they're being a fucking free free speech activist and saying <laughs> saying the stuff that people don't want to hear, but it's just they're being lazy and there's no punchlines and stuff. And so if like you can tell dark jokes if it's if it's funny. If it's funny enough, yeah. it's funny enough and it's fine. I think I tried uh, I don't you know, we didn't we didn't meet when uh, last year at the end of the year I was going through like a, a tough time and I had all, all those like not jokes but I had those like dark ideas yeah. and it was very like you know dead parents this this is but again they were there, there was some way I wasn't uh, punching out because again it was because I, I do storytelling so it's mostly yeah. about me but then I realized that the the reaction that I was getting on stage was a lot of oh and a lot of like oh I hope he's okay kind of yeah. which I think you t- again if I were to record right now and post something on on YouTube or like on my Instagram, then that's fine. It doesn't have to be funny because I can. That that I feel like again the freedom of speech. It's, it, I agree with you. It's, yeah. it's it's huge and it should be advocated for. But it's when you do stand up comedy is about well, what's the main like your main purpose shouldn't be to address this problem or whatever. You should yeah, be especially not problems that no one has asked you to address. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, a lot of problems you're just creating for yourself because you can't be a straight white man anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I, I love uh, Nate Bergazzi when he did that uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, thing. Or it's like. You know the the one with the the whales. No, I it don't was something know. to do with like uh, basically like uh, I think it was a whale. Anyway, it was something to do with like either whales or dolf- dolphins. And because it was like oh Leonardo DiCaprio tweeted about it, okay. so I guess that's it done now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that, that's how I I'm, I'm like yeah wrong wrong platform yeah. wrong again beautiful idea. I, I'm glad you you're trying to raise awareness, but this is yeah this is not it. That's not yeah. what you you came here for, but. Yeah. Oh man, no. I think yeah, it's yeah, a comedy again can be anything, but it's also like know the audience and like know yourself. And that's why it's like it's somewhat it's somewhat yeah, sure people are like, "Oh, the goalposts have changed over the years." It's like, yeah, guess what? Everything society has changed over the years. Yeah. Like everything has. Like we used to just not have penicillin and just die. <laughs> you just fucking die all the time from like <laughs> scraping your leg. <laughs> But that doesn't mean, like, you need to go out here and be like, well, you can't do anything with these molds these days. You can't, uh, like... Die from scratch. Like, come on. Like, yeah, it's just, like, read the room. And that's the thing. There's a lot of comics that have no self-awareness. Like, absolutely no self-awareness. And we're all delusional to a bit. Because, like, you... We have... I think you have to do comedy unless you have some delusion. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, Smart smart people get out of comedy as soon as they start. (laughs) But, like, you all... Besides some delusion, you have to have some self-awareness and, like, of just who you are, how the perspective is. And, like, that's... I mean, I don't like... I'm so hacky. Every every set I start with in, in this country... I explain that I'm Canadian, and it's I don't like doing it. But if I don't, the audience is like, "Is this guy American or or Canadian or something?" Like they're it's thinking about it yeah. instead of paying attention. Yeah. And if I don't like kind of just quickly address it and say something kind of funny about it, then they realize, "Oh, he knows what he is, and he's funny about it." And like, and then that gives me good graces to do whatever. And like, I it's it's very simplistic, but like I don't. I don't feel like you can like not address some of some of the things that make you other 
like put the audience into questioning mode instead yeah. of listening mode. Yeah. And whether Which it's subconscious or conscious or whatever, yeah. It's hard to to like even like want to deal with or like understand it because I think I remember when I started, someone told me, was like, oh, you must say that you're from Romania. And uh, which I actually, funny enough, now is my first joke. Yeah. But I've come to I'm tell you jokes. <laughs> <laughs> One joke. <laughs> <laughs> Two jokes. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I remember someone, literally someone came to me actually talking about that. The, have you seen the, BB, the Dracula video? With like, no. one. Ha, ha, ha. It was just like a... a, a very bad Dracula character and someone at work one of my old managers in my one of my older yeah. previous jobs he just comes next to me um, as we were doing like the, the the briefing before we were opening the bar and he just puts the phone next to my face <laughs> and he plays that video and he just asks everyone to look and spot the difference <laughs> and there was this like video of like a vampire going like one ha 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 two ha 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 and it was like are the same <laughs> and uh, yeah I, I still again it, lovely manager I, I'm still uh, keeping <laughs> yeah, in touch yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with them but um, I was like fuck me what is that yeah and like yeah you don't have like yeah again with comedy you don't have to explain why you are other or who, who you are or whatever but like it's just it's it's every new audience is a new audience and it's this weird monoculture organism that it's it's like it's group thinking that like if you don't address how you look or how you talk or why you're there like besides like the quote unquote norm so to speak so like in the norm in this country would be like straight white british guy basically like that's like what audiences are like. Oh yeah, this guy can just go up and start talking. We understand who he is, yeah. and that sucks. And I'm I'm not saying that should be the standard or anything like that. But I'm just saying like audiences over the past eighty years of stand-up comedy, that's just what they're used to, and they don't have to like. Yeah, because so. it, it just okay. We're, we're like yeah. you know we're starting now while like baseline. Yeah, asking questions like oh where is he from? What's he? But yeah, yeah. What's what's that name? What's the um, yeah, why do they look like that? Why do they dress yeah. like that? Like why do they sound like that? All that, all that jazz. It's it's crazy to think about it, but um, you know, it's been man, it's been awesome uh, chatting with you. Yeah, I yeah. Keep I going. I Let's talk about uh, Wallachia and stuff like that. What do you want? Okay, what do you want from Romania? <laughs> yeah. Just do you hate Vlad Tempest? Are you a big fan? How I do I don't know. I feel like um, being. Uh, do you, feel, do you feel like you're also a successor of the Roman Empire? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, are, we well, Romania. It's kind of like in the name. It's, it's, it's there. Um, I think we are successors. I think we, we are probably like the the best that Romania, the Roman Empire, had to give. <laughs> now, no, I think uh, no, that's not true. Um, I don't, I don't mind. I think Vlad. I, I okay. I, I don't condone the behavior. But I see strong stance. You're anti-impaling. Yeah, I, I. But I see, I see why he's done it. If, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, you can only push. You only push so far, and then you, you got something. You got to impale someone. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to say that he's because he's, he's not. It's 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 terrible. But how else can you like educate medieval people or not? <laughs> 
I don't know, sleeping with their sisters or, you know, stealing yeah. someone's wallet. Well, it's, it's starting to be that you can't impale anyone anymore without offending someone. <laughs> and that's what we need to get back to the roots. You could just impale whoever you wanted. No one would write a tweet about it. I mean, I, you know, sometimes you, I do, I do wonder. I, I do lo- look at at someone say, um, and I'm like, I reading history. When someone when I read history, and I'm like, I, I wish they were like, or like, I wish I was there, but like with the technology we have now. Or I'm kind of curious about you know where, even like when Vlad was like, yeah, I'm gonna start impaling people, and I just want to see like, did they do like a you not know, like one of those like, uh, is it a pool? You know, on uh, is it called a pool? Like a betting pool? No, like the one on Instagram when you're like. Oh, yes. Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah Paul. So, you know, was it like, would, would he do a poll? Would he be like, I don't give a fuck about your opinion, I'm just going to do it anyway? Oh, I mean, to be fair, it was just, it was fashionable to impale people at the time. He yeah. just was so prevalent. And he was a good looking guy as well. He was like also he, hot, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a very, very, very strong. That's why I'm growing up, uh, growing the mustache as well. It's yeah, it's good luck. Yeah, it's for, uh, it's for Vlad. Um, a little Draculish, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they. That's where they took. Like I, <laughs> I, uh, I remember once I, I was at the at the gig and someone just went like, Dracula, Dracula, and um, they were like, oh, you know where Dracula's from? And someone said like the fucking like town in like Yorkshire or whatever, you know the. Oh, where um. Uh, yeah, the Bram Stoker's from, yeah. Dracula's. Yeah. Is he and Irish? No, he's. I think he's Irish. British? Yeah, he's British, okay. but I think he was like near. I don't know, like hole or something. Like again, yeah. And then this this lady, she just like screams the name, and I was like, I, I, I think my, my and again, I, that's what I improvised. I was like, I couldn't, I didn't think that the British would find anything worth stealing from Romania, <laughs> but yet they were like, oh, Dracula, he's not from Transylvania, he's from again Yorkshire, Stoke on Trent, Stoke on Trent, whatever, yeah. yeah. Which kind of makes sense because they are like UKIP. People and mostly <laughs> yeah. stock, so yeah, they they must have hated it. Yeah, in the UK, culture. first they come for the Draculas, and then they come for the werewolves, and then they come for the Frankenstein's. Yeah, what is, what's next? Twilight was <laughs> yeah, it was a what Robert Pattinson love story in London. Um, <laughs> even though yeah, great first two first movies were great. Yeah, which one? Which Twilight was your favorite? Never watched any of them. No way. Too old. Oh man, I was I didn't. I didn't tell people that I was watching it. Like it was That's one of those, you know. And I know, but uh, I, kids my age were judgmental. <laughs> yeah, like it was kind of Justin Bieber thing. Where I was, was like, I was just old enough that it was like, cool to not watch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have been fine to watch it either way, but it was just it just skipped below me into right. it. Yeah. No, the first one was incredible. Second <laughs> one was okay. The third one was like what they. Of course, destroyed it. I know it's such a, it's a, such a shame. <laughs> it's like Fast and Furious, man. Just stop making them. Never, <laughs> guys. Fast and Furious guys, if you're listening, never stop making them. They're great. They don't get more ridiculous every time. <laughs> They're very grounded in reality. They've already done space. They've done submarines. Uh, Airplanes. They've done they've done airplanes like in every single yeah, one. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I hope they just like start doing time travel, start doing dinosaurs, transformers, whatever. You know, just like bring it all. Jurassic Park, Jurassic, would be cool Jurassic with Park 
Fast, 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 yeah. Fast, fast, Jurassic. fast Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your the, the dinosaur next to you yeah. is Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. Um, I mean, I I guess now we we'll have to make sure that uh, we get the credit for this because it might come out. Great. Yeah, Fast yeah, and yeah. Furious, Jurassic Park. Um, well, yeah, okay. Because you say I watch Alien again. It's the only movie that I own on iTunes, by the way. Okay. Yeah, Alien. Pick up first. Apple. Yeah. Yeah, it's is because it's uh, when I watch, it, I can't believe it. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, it's crazy good for when it was made. Like it's yeah. so good. Um, yeah, Alien's good. Uh, so I'm watching it in the order in the movie universe. Right. So that means all the Predators basically first. First, okay. Because it's like the Predator, like first one set in like 87 or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and then the most recent Predator one, the Prey. I don't know if you saw that one. No, I haven't. Dude, it's so good. Really? That one's so good. That's set in like uh, contact era North America though. So it's like 1717 or something like that. And it's Predators come down and like find an, an indigenous tribe and like also there's like fur trappers and it's great though it's so well done and i hope there's a sequel it's so good but so that's like technically the first one in the chronological order yeah oh wow yeah yeah, it's so good and it's done by an indigenous uh director i believe and writer oh wow yeah nice but yeah so that one's great and i'm on soldier right now which is this weird um kurt russell movie (laughs) where (laughs) he's like a child that was trained from birth to be a soldier. And so he's, he's tied it. So I'm doing like the extended cut. So predators, blade runner, aliens, all chronological again, because blade runner is set in the same universe as like the alien universe of like Waylon, Yutani and stuff like that. What? So it's all set in the same universe. And in blade runner, uh, Roy, the one, uh, what are those called? Replicants is like, I was at the Tannhauser Gate and I saw this on the shoulder of Orion and so and this movie Shoulder, Kurt Russell fought at Tannhauser Gate in like the opening credits, so he's like he fought at the same battle that the replicant fought at in oh. Blade Runner. So Blade Runner and this movie are tied together. So it's 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 very not tied together, but it's like. Yeah, and then eventually I'll get through all of the aliens. This is all just because basically I, I haven't seen Alien 3. You haven't? Haven't seen Alien 3. No I've way. seen, like, I think everything else but at least Alien once. 3. But it, And I was like, oh, I should watch it, but I should watch everything, like, before it. Because <laughs> that's how wow. my brain works. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, no, can't, can't get out of it I think when 30 I, hours later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like this when I, I started watching Star Wars, like, in chronological order. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, even though I think... Because I watched Andor, yeah, and I cried at the end. Yeah. I w- it was such a beautiful show, and I, I then I think I, I Rogue One, yeah, yeah, and I didn't, I, didn't, I don't like Rogue One at all. And Rogue One's pretty good. It's heavy on the wars, light on the star. It's very it's a yeah. war movie. Yeah, that's like set in Star Wars, and it's a sad ending. I guess is that what the ending or no? I think I, I was just like. No, no, it just didn't click with me. I would be like, she's asking too many questions. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, and, and and now I'm 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 I need to get back and I need to go and and um, re like go and watch everything. But I, I agree. But I I'm the same because now I was thinking. You know, have you ever watched Dark? It's my favorite TV show. 
Dark. Is that on Netflix? Is about like time traveling? Uh, no, I don't think so. But that's not the eighteen ninety nine one, right? No, that's a separate. No, that's separate. Okay. But um, yeah, Dark. It's uh, it came out. First season came out before COVID, and the second. And I think the third came during COVID, and I just watched them all in chronological order. Like nice. I, every time the second season came, I watched the first, and then the second, the third one I w- came, I watched first, second, third. Nice. And um, no, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like it's brilliant because it's so complicated but so beautiful. And now there is something else that came from the from the main actor, and uh, it's got like Mark Ruffalo in it, and I don't really like Mark Ruffalo, so. Oh, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo, sorry. Hulk. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's a nice boy. I don't know. I just I kind of seems like a good guy. Nah, don't know. And <laughs> I, I wanted to watch it because I was yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so excited because I've seen the, the again the guy from Dark's face and I was like, it's coming and he came on Thursday and I just watched. I checked the cast and I was like, fuck, it ruined it, man. Oh. Yeah, I mean. There are some again. I'm not like that with everything, but, but yeah, you get bad are, vibes from yeah. yeah or whatever. Yeah, there are some actors that are like even I don't know people. Uh, but um, I just can't like I lose interest as soon as. Uh, I yeah, I mostly um, I mostly just cut out like the bad quote unquote people, like uh, Chris Brown or Johnny Depp or stuff like that. But those really? are the only, yeah. Like the I people where everyone's like, "Hey, just separate the art from the artist." I'm like, "No, no, they're bad." Yeah. <laughs> fuck Chris Brown and fuck Johnny Depp. <laughs> they're abusive pieces of shit, and I don't support them. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still torn about Johnny Depp. I feel like they were both. Is it just because of the Amber thing, or is it? Uh, no, it's yeah, it's like yeah, how he was very abusive to her and like. I I agree. I I yeah. but I, you know, I feel like in that situation it was such a weird dynamic. I Again, mean, I'm not condoning it. And he I was found guilty of abuse in the UK courts, and then so yeah, it's just like he was only let off in the American in ones. American, so yeah. where like the burden of proof was different. So I mean, OJ got away with it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I. Uh, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm Team Amber Heard, but I'm just Team Anti Johnny Depp. And Anti it's also Depp. like he's a fucking dude that's like been lying to us for years about going bald. And it's like I don't just I don't trust you, man. Like just own the shit that you're going bald, like John Travolta did. Oh. Like insta- I don't like this whole I look like Keith Richards bullshit. Okay, I like grow, <laughs> gr- grow up, stop wearing so many scarves, and like just fucking be an adult and like. Shave your head like John Travolta, like an honorable, honest person. You know what? John Travolta doesn't look bad. He looks great because it's true. It's honest. And that's the main thing. Yeah. So you're not an honest person, get the fuck out of here. Fair enough. You know, that's, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, with Chris Brown, I don't, I like it. I like some of his songs, but I'm not uh, that crazy about him. Um, (laughs) Nah, he's dead to me. But. Fuck you, Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, so we uh, we got Chris Brown and probably Johnny Depp. Uh, that will have to come on the podcast now too. Yeah, <laughs> to defend yourselves. Defend themselves. Uh, no, I, pro- I don't think I would. Again, I mean, no, I might. I might. It depends. If their PR reaches out, we'll see <laughs> what we're gonna do. But yeah. I don't know. Um, no, but ah, oh God, because I. 
I don't know. With Johnny, I feel like he's, he's a troubled guy, and she's a troubled lady. And again, it's not to not to uh, what's the word. I I have a problem because the whole thing was he's like twenty five years older than her yeah. when they started dating, and uh, he should know better. Yeah. So it should have never happened, and the fact that we just excuse whatever because of addiction or mental health or whatever on either side, where it's just like, you know what? He maybe don't. If you're like fifty, don't date someone that's like twenty one. Yeah, like we just, you know, you did you did say that amazing thing earlier about like freedom of speech, but then that is, that doesn't mean it's a freedom, freedom of, of uh, fear of yeah freedom of consequence. Yeah, and I kind of yeah I, I feel yeah. like that where you know the reality is if you've done something fucked up, it doesn't mean again people get second chances, but you kind of. Believe me, he's getting a lot of things. Yeah, he did actually, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So and it's go back to the Diorat, so he's getting the money back from the Sauvage, Yeah, it's so. absolutely. There's no such thing as getting canceled today in, in this day and age. So uh, I think Louis C.K. was my biggest disappointment that he didn't stay canceled. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I like look, he ruined Parks and Rec for me. Yeah, I love sure. Parks and Rec, and I can't watch it now. I mean, I can, but not the episodes where he's yeah, in. He's, yeah, and it's such a shame, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's, again, there's, it, there's no such thing, no such thing as really getting canceled these days, so. It's, it's kind of like getting canceled for a little bit, and then coming back. Yeah, it's without learning a lesson, and then just everyone that, like, anti, oh. anti-woke or whatever is like, oh yeah, we gotta support this person, because they're trying to get, like, they were canceled or something. Do you know who has actually got canceled, and I've never seen them again? Kramer from Seinfeld. No, he's not canceled. Really? Cause I yeah, he was, he, and he was one of the first ones that like was almost like that did get quote unquote canceled, but that wasn't the word for it at the time. Um, but no, he's still out there. He's still doing stuff. Like he did a comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry. No way. After the after he said the n word at the comedy club. Yeah. Because, like, that happened in, like, early 2000s, and yeah. there was a video. Like, there was just the start of, like, smartphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. But, yeah, like, five, six years, eight years later, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Within the past a little bit, he's done a Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry, and, like, they talked about it and stuff. So, but it's also, like, he, like, he learned a lesson, obviously, from that and getting, quote, unquote, canceled. But, like, he didn't, like, I don't like, he didn't need money, I don't think. I don't think any of the Seinfeld people need money. Yeah, that's true. So, like, they're all... Maybe Jason Alexander. I don't know if he's doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done so. He's done a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. Not bad stuff. I just no, mean bad work. Bad work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just bad yeah. acting. Which is a shame. Uh, and I look like him quite a bit, so... <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've been told that I do. So. No, I disagree. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's a short pipsqueak. <laughs> you're, you're a tall giant of a man. Um, and Julia Louise Dreyfus comes from like old money. Oh, ah, she's, yeah, like she's, she's not billionaire. Bad. I think she's a good actor, though. Yeah, Actress. she's also a good actor, but yeah. is also like a billionaire because she's a Nepo baby. <laughs> really? Well, you know, her parents were like millionaires or something. Yeah. That's crazy. Fuck, I wish I, you know, sometimes I, because I was adopted, right? So yeah. I. I there is a part of me that wishes like every, time, every time I wake up in the morning, I get a text message from someone saying, you got to call me now. I found your biological father. 
And, and he's rich. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be like, you know, I just made the list and like King Charles was in Romania in 1997. Oh, snap. So, yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Who else? Because I, I did make, I think Nicolas Cage. Ooh, that's a good possibility. And that would be nice, you know, because yeah, I do that think one would actually be King Charles doesn't fuck, so you're no, but he's rich though. Like I would get into like the he's royal. Kind of, you'd get you'd get go away money, but you wouldn't get like uh, you're my new son money. That's know, the thing yeah. with King Charles, which is fine. I'll take the go away money. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind for I I'd, I'd love go away money. Yeah, from the royal family, it's from a lot of money. Yeah, from yeah, the royal like, family. It's yeah, look at like more Prince than Andrew most. And yeah. yeah. Give me five minutes and I'll yeah. shut up. <laughs> I won't tell anyone that we I'm balding because of you, Charles. <laughs> but uh, no, hopefully again, if that happens, I'd love to. I'd love for that to be true. I was thinking about, yeah, I think I had. Uh, there is somewhere a list of like celebrities that went to Romania in 1997. I'm like, hopefully, <laughs> you know, one of them might be my dad. One of them might be your dad. Yeah, and then I wouldn't need sponsorship for this podcast because I can have my dad sponsor me. <laughs> Hello, my father, David Hasselhoff. It turns out you were touring through Romania in 1997. Please sponsor my podcast. Actually, that, you know what? Actually, this is what I'm I'm probably going to do from now on. On every episode, I'm just going to bring... Um, a, a name of a celebrity that traveled to Romania in 1997. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, 19, late 1996, because I was born in May. So, yeah, actually 1996 that I need to check. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so if you know <laughs> a celebrity that's traveled to Romania in 1996, please let me know, because I'd love to meet my dad. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I've got to go for my gig. Yes. I'm going to be, wait, what time is it? Yeah, I got to go get ready for my gig tomorrow. Uh, follow me on all the socials, Greg Houston Comedy, the nice. most things, G Houston Comedy on Twitter. I refuse to call it anything else besides Twitter. I and think it's also dying, by the way, so it doesn't I, matter. Well, I think that with every time someone calls it Twitter, yeah. Elon Musk dies inside a little yeah, bit, so I'm fine and, with I, that. and I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, I'll take that. Yeah, I used to like him. I don't like him anymore. That's... Yeah, sad. Yeah, he had, he had a brief moment of almost being like an Uberman and like uniter, unifier of the world and yeah. like was about to do cool shit, solve the environment, solve a lot of shit. And then he went rogue to, I'm a piece of shit now. And he's just like... It was, I think for our, genera- our generation, it was like the, the biggest, I think to me at least, it's like the biggest one. Uh, you'd, you'd see and you're like almost like oh my god I love this guy yeah and then doing funny stuff and then also like yeah trying to solve problems and then he's like oh people are too soft these days and like what where did this oh come from god yeah like it breaks my heart I'm gonna be well, honest it, it, it's just it really it just shows how stupid he was the whole time and just yeah. how most of his ideas were not his <laughs> he just bought good ideas yeah, please don't sue us. I have nothing Yo, to... Yo, fuck you, Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck Chris Brown. Fuck Donnie Depp. <laughs> fuck Elon Musk. Uh, the disclaimer <laughs> is those are Greg's... Um, those are Greg's beliefs. Uh, the thing is, Elon might actually tweet the show now. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, no. Okay, so Elon... Because um, he's so petty. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if... I, I'm actually thinking, does he have a Threads account? Uh, I don't know. Because that would be funny if, like, he's going to start having I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he has a burner 
account. <laughs> User 157. Yeah. Like, Thread is so shit. I'll go back to X in a heartbeat. But yeah, follow me on Threads, that thing that no one really uses except for 10 people. Some, I, I, I use it more now. I get into it more. But um, yes, everyone that's going to listen to this, the whole 12 of you, <laughs> follow Greg. My mom. Hi, Rita. Hi, my mom. Oh, no, no, would you she'll m- probably, if yeah. I give her that link, she'll probably listen oh, to no, this. Oh, nice. Yeah, hi, Rita. Was That's another thing that I can do with like <laughs> such a like such a small podcast. You know, I can just do shout-outs <laughs> shout <laughs> yeah, to everyone. Uh, um, if you're going to be in Western Germany in late June, <laughs> come, <laughs> come to my comedy show at Club something, Transact or something. I don't know where it is. Uh, and, yeah, there'll be other gigs and stuff. If you see me on the road, buy me a coffee or a slice of pizza. Yeah, let's uh, – uh, I mean, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks and for I, having I'm me. so, so excited to, you know, get this um, released. Uh, good luck, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, good luck. No, thank you. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. And I'll be there then for uh, – <laughs> Thank you for listening and um, see you next week. Bye.